is a Variety Sports Network production. Now to your host. Woo, man. That sounded nice. I like that I like one. New intro. Yeah, I so like that. Uh, yeah, that's a new one. I never heard it before, but uh, good job, Brandon. Anyways, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the 7th Inning. Stretch! Oh, man, I had a picture of Hulk Hogan pulled up right as you said that. Anyways, my name is Logan Stone, and uh, I am your host, as always. And with me, as always, is Josh Edwardos. How are you doing, Josh? Good, sir. Good, sir. How are you? Good. And today we are uh, joined by very special guests. We are uh, joined by Tim and Nick from the Reds. uh, I'm sorry, I'm totally spacing on the name. That's. Late night uh, podcast. How are you guys doing? What's up, Good, guys? Man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. Uh, we love having uh, guys from other teams uh, who represent other teams come on. So uh, this is really fun for us. Um, yeah, uh, we'll talk about more about your podcast in a minute. But um, yeah, is uh, Josh, you want to do a quick read real quick before we get into this? Yeah, because uh, this episode is going to be sponsored by our number one sponsor, Row One Brand. Um, if you guys don't know who Row One Brand is, go check out their website. They have a lot of cool vintage artwork, uh, all for sports apparel, um, everything from like stuff you'd hang in your man cave, much like what Nick has sitting behind his background there and what Tim has in the background. Logan obviously needs to go buy something. Um, really cool vintage stuff, everything from college football, MLB, to NFL. All different kinds of things. You know, t-shirts like what I'm wearing right now. It's a vintage Cardinals t-shirt. Uh, but all cool stuff. Anytime you go to Row One Brand and you pick something up out of their art gallery, put in code BSP15. They get you 15% off your order out of the art gallery. Again, that's RowOneBrand.com. Good job. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's just get right into it. Sorry. <laughs> it was kind of a quick ending i I was surprised by that um anyways so yeah you guys uh talk about the reds and the reds have had kind of an interesting season um they started off what was it three and 22 um looked like they were like there were people saying hey these guys are not even going to make uh 30 wins this year uh at this rate um so what was that like at the beginning of the season uh seeing such a spiral like it was nick you want me to take this you got it (laughs) it was just you know one of those things where everything that could have gone wrong went wrong and you know i mean i I think this team this year needed a lot of things to go right for them to stay competitive and pretty much all those things went wrong and you got the three and 22 result and there was a lot of overreaction to that uh Jeff Passan, who I think is one of the the best guys in the sport, wrote a really silly article about how the Reds might be one of the worst teams in the history of baseball, which was just nuts. I mean, and the Reds have the Reds are like are forty one and forty one, and since that three and twenty two start, so clearly there's been worse teams than that, you know. So, yeah. I mean, not good, but you know they were never as bad as the the three and twenty two, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it was more like it was bad timing more than anything. Like Nick said, yeah, everything went wrong with injuries and players struggling and things like that. But, um, you know, it's a fan base that's really kind of given up on ownership and doesn't trust ownership. Um, you know, oh. right before three and 22 and the lockout ends, Nick Castellano signs with the Phillies. 
Uh, Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez are traded to Seattle. And, you know, Sonny Grace traded to Minnesota and things like that. It just was like all those things kind of had people really frustrated. And then they start 3-22, and and it was a pretty pretty rough start for the Reds. Yeah, and now they're – I think they're sitting at uh, 500 right now, right, if I'm not mistaken, or unless they are – Since the – since the debacle of the first 25 games, they've been about playing about 500 baseball. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's, so. there's still like 18 games under 500. Oh, but, are they? Okay. But, but yeah, but, cool. but they weren't, you know, they weren't like a historically awful team. You know, yeah. Yeah. I, I, they're going to be a forgettable bad team. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, right now they're playing. I mean, they have been playing a lot better lately, um, but they did trade away some of their key players, Brandon Drury and Luis Castillo. Um, did that sting a little bit? Uh, I, I I don't think any of us were really shocked that a lot of the – or Luis Castillo was shipped or um, kind of Brandon Drury was a little bit. But uh, what was your, y'all's reaction to that? I don't necessarily know if it stung because we expected it. Um, yeah. You know, if you listen to the show throughout the year, we were having this conversation for a while. Um, and, you know, it definitely sucks because, like, we've seen Luis Castillo become, you know, one of the top 15, 20 pitchers in baseball. Uh, so that was really cool to have him on your team when you felt pretty good every fifth day when he was on the mound. Um, but, you know, we we saw this coming and we talked about this, you know, all year uh, from that, that slow start. Just kind of about, you know, when can we start talking about guys potentially being moved and things like that? And, you know, Nick and I, we, we texted about that daily. So it wasn't very, you know, didn't sting because we kind of expected it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Okay, so I do want to go back a little bit. Um, now, at the beginning of the season, uh, the idiot in charge, whose name escapes me at the minute, at the moment, uh, but the baseball operations president, uh, he made some dumb comments. Um, I'm not even going to get quoted again, but I mean, look, did, how bad did that hurt? Because, I mean, I think it was the owner who said, well, I mean, we can move somewhere else or something like that. And it, it just sounded so weird and ungracious uh, or whatever. Like it was the fans' fault that they had a bad team. Um, what was y'all's reaction to that? Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a bad look. I mean, anyone who really like follows the Reds like closely and has any perspective, like, kind of knew that's probably how they felt like so it really was just like saying the the quiet part out loud really um it was a great sound bite that that people still i mean every day i i uh, see a tweet where are you gonna go i mean it's still yeah it, it still resonates so i mean kind of where i'm at right now is like the way they handled a lot of it was really bad and, and very mismanaged. And I, I don't blame a lot of people for being upset, but having said all that, I think what they did for the most part was the right moves for the future of this franchise. Because if you look yeah. at Nick, Nick Castellanos, not looking like a good five-year contract right now. I mean, may, you know, maybe things will change, but that, that would have put the Reds potentially in a bigger hole Jesse Winker has not played very well for Seattle. And and even if you had, you know, both of those guys playing well, I'm not sure that was enough to really no. overcome everything else. So, you know, for for me, 
the biggest mistake in in my Reds fandom uh, that the Reds have made was back in 2015. They held on to guys too long, mm. uh, like Johnny Cueto, and they got really crappy returns. Mm. Um, so at least this time, they are not holding on to players that they're going to lose. It, it just it you can be mad about them losing them, but they're going to lose them. So they got the most value now, and you know the Reds farm system has gone from something that was below average to one of the best in baseball. And for the Reds, I mean, they've they've got to have a elite farm system to not just be competitive, but to be competitive for um, you know years and years to come. Yeah, you look at like you know the last Reds like length that we had a pretty darn good ball club was. <clears throat> that 2010 through 2013 run uh, they won 90 games three of those four years. And it was like guys like Joey Votto came through the system, you know, Jay Bruce, they got Brandon Phillips when he was pretty young and he kind of became like developed as a major leaguer. Um, but, you know, majority of the guys that were kind of contributing to the team were guys who came up through their system. And this is kind of the hope with what they've been able to do at the deadline that we're going to get kind of a taste of that again, because they have gotten, you know, a lot of teams, top five prospects, in these yeah. trades. So it's been pretty nice. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're seeing a lot of these players. I mean, Jonathan India rookie of the year last year, um, uh, Kyle farmer. Uh, and I think, Hunter they, yeah, Hunter green. Uh, yeah. I, I saw a stat about uh, some of y'all's pitcher, your pitching rotation of the last uh, week, Lodolo in the last three starters for the reds. All rookies, Lodolo, six innings pitch, one earned run, seven Ks. Hunter Green, six innings pitch, no earned, uh, no earned runs, eight Ks. Ashcraft, uh, eight and a third innings pitch, no earned runs. Uh, since earned runs became an official stat in 1913, they're, uh, they are the only MLB team to start three straight rookies and have them combined for 18 Ks and no more than one earned run. So do you, I mean, obviously you see that and you, you're hopeful for the future, future. Um, so uh, what do you expect in the future? Uh, when do you expect this team to be a top contender? I would say, you know, probably unrealistic to have any expectations in 2023. Um, I could see 2023 going a lot of different ways for the Reds. I could see this team being a 90 loss team. Or I could see, you know, some of their guys progressing a little bit more and, you know, maybe they're, you know, competing closer to around the 500 mark. But I think realistically the pro- Reds are probably looking at more of, of 2024. Um, Votto and Moustakis' contract will be off the books. Um, so by 2024, the Reds will have $11 million on the books. And then in 2025, the Reds have nothing. So yeah. the Reds who aren't a big spender aren't like a – Tampa Bay or Oakland or, or, or Cleveland or Pittsburgh, you know, spenders. So they're going to have a lot of money to spend. Um, probably like 70 million plus to spend in, in, in free agency or locking some of their current players up. Uh, so, I mean, that's probably a realistic target. 2024, you're hoping to start being competitive. 2025, you're really hoping you're, you know, ramping up even more. But it's just, it's so hard to, to, to say when you're counting on guys who are, currently in double a you know how quickly are they going to develop they yeah. could fly through and hit the ground running as we see like with the guy like you know like a tatis or 
you know, how many prospects did we see at the beginning of this year that we thought were sure things that have struggled and, and yeah. it took them time to get going. Yeah. Um, Josh, do you have any questions at the moment before I move on? <clears throat> Not yet. Not yet. Okay, then. Josh keeping me on the edge of my seat right here. Um, so um, let's go back a little bit further. Um, I think you guys are, if I'm correct in uh, saying this, you guys are a little young since the last time the Reds won a World Series, right? Was I was nine, one years old. Was, I was it nine, I 90? Was, yep. I was three. Yeah. Really? Okay. So, yeah. Um so, uh, yeah, you guys have been re- – I mean, they have, I think, one of the longest streaks, right, of not winning World Series. Um, they they haven't advanced in the playoffs since 1995. Right, like, yeah. World Series yeah. is like – that's yeah. a whole other thing. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so, I mean, so what 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 made you guys uh, turn into fans of the Reds, really, um, to begin with? I mean, obviously, like – Josh and I, we, well, Josh was born in uh, St. Louis, the St. Louis area, grew up on Cardinals baseball. I, my dad was uh, born in St. Louis and raised in St. Louis. And um, so he taught me well, cause I'm, I'm born in Texas. So I, it was either that or the Rangers and uh, the Rangers did not, uh, were not good back in the tier 2000. So um, what got you guys really into the Reds uh, fan base I grew up here. Um, you know, it's been part of my life for as long, you know, forever. Um, you know, my infant pictures, I'm wearing Reds onesies. It's kind of just been something like my dad passed on to me. Um, so, you know, it was always something where like, it was always something I loved. I was, you know, we used to live about 10 minutes away. We could just walk the bridge over to Riverfront Stadium every night. And we did that a lot. So like, you know, it was always part of like something I really enjoyed just because it was something I do with my dad. Um, but 99 was like when I fell in love. So like that team, uh, you know, it's the year before the IK Griffey Jr. So they were 96 and 66. They lost to the Mets in the one game wild card mm. uh, to determine who's going to have the wild card spot in the National League. And that team would like, they'd be down like seven to two in the seventh inning and they would come back and find a way to fight back in games. They were so much fun. And uh, my bat, my dad and I went to about 50 games that year just because tickets were really cheap at Riverfront. And that's when it just kind of like I got hooked. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. For me, I. Uh... Oh. 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 oh, no. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, as Cardinals fans, we uh, I mean, we I mean, the 2000 early 2010s were kind of the like the Reds were kind of the thorn in our side. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It was, a lot of fun it, memories from those games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Both ways. I, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, 2010, not being one of them. 2011, kind of. Um, but yeah, it was. Yeah. So um, so I want to ask you this um, before he comes back on. Like, what was what is kind of the view of St. Louis, Car- the St. Louis Cardinals uh, from a Reds fans perspective? Um. So me personally, you know, I just respect them too much to like treat them bad. Like, yeah, you know, they've consistently won and they've always been, you know, a very good ba- my whole life. Like, I can't remember a time when the Cardinals were bad for extended periods of time. Um, so I dislike them, but it's something where I really respect them. It's not like 
you know, Nick will laugh at this. Like, I absolutely hate everything from the city of Pittsburgh. So I hate the Pirates. Really? But I dislike the Cardinals. I just respect the hell out of them because they've always won. They've always developed their players. You know, I grew up with Albert Pujols being really good. And when Alan Craig was, like, good at baseball for three years in St. Louis. Um, but, yeah, majority of the fan base, that is, like, enemy number one is the Cardinals. And a lot of that started with the Brandon Phillips stuff and, like, yeah. kind of, like, being, like, you know, when he was saying all they do is bitch and whine and he's hitting walk-offs and yelling F the Cardinals and stuff like that, which was a little much. Like, we can yeah. tell you, like, here, like, Nick and I can be pretty honest that Brandon Phillips was a lot of a person for us to deal with on a daily basis as fans. <laughs> um, but yeah, to answer your question, the Cardinals are kind of majority of the fan base. They're kind of the evil empire, right? They're Darth Vader. Yeah. And like, you know, the stormtroopers, like, uh, so Nick, uh, what got you, <laughs> uh, I hope you're okay now. Uh, what got you into the reds, uh, like got you into the reds whole organization fan base thing. Yeah, I'm good. Sorry. I think I got a loose wire on my camera. I got to get fixed. I keep getting oh. kicked out of stuff. Uh, I got it from my grandpa. He's the, he's the one who, you know, kind of hooked me. I'm from Cincinnati, too. So, yeah, just, I mean, from as long as I can remember, loved baseball, loved the Reds. And, uh, I mean, I've had my ups and downs, you know, like uh, when the Reds moved to cable only, like my, my uh, family didn't have cable growing mm-hmm. up. So I actually kind of didn't really watch the Reds all that much from like 2000 to like 2007 when I went to college. And then when I went to college, I, you know, kind of got into like MLB radio and and then ended up kind of really getting back in. And then Jay Bruce was actually the guy that really hooked me back in. I went to his debut randomly, had no idea who he was and uh, ended up going like 30 times that summer and haven't stopped. So. Who was a part of that all-star outfield? It was Drew Stubbs, Jay Bruce, and who was the third? What was it? You know, it was like 2010, 2011. Lance John- Nix and Johnny Gomes, baby. It looks, yeah, oh, Lan- I'm also thinking of Ryan Ludwig. L- that Ludwig was 2012. 2012, Ludwig, yeah. yeah. And then Chris Heisey was in between all that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, now I remember. Because I remember like back in like 2009 and 10, you guys had Scott Rowland. Uh, Ryan Ludwig, I think Ryan Franklin at one point or something. Uh, and like Jim Edmonds was, for a hot minute. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Edmonds. And like, it, I was like, why, why, why are all these Cardinals going to the rivals right now? And that, but anyways, Edgar Renteria. Oh, don't even get me started. Yeah. Well, Walt Jockey was our GM. So he was just like all the guys that he did, like drafted and scouted and developed. He was like, I'm going to bring them over. So he was like, come hither. Farewell yeah. tour in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, let's talk about uh, your podcast. Um, oh, my gosh. I can't even – I can't believe I'm space. Sorry, this light is going on, uh, so I'm about to ter- turn my camera off. But uh, sorry. Um, that's why it's blinking. But uh, what made you guys want to start talking about, um, you know, the Reds, uh, the way that you are right now? Um. So I've been podcasting now a long time. So um, about 12, 13 years. Um, and Nick and I have always gotten along pretty well, like over social media. Uh, we were just kind of, yeah, we're, we're buddies, you know. Along. <laughs> <laughs> Tolerated so, each other. Yeah. He didn't that block me. Like yeah. Nick didn't block me, which is a big deal. So, um, 
I kind of just like sent him a message one day and I was like, Hey, have you heard of this locker room app? We should go on there and do a Reds talk show. And he was like, yeah, just downloaded it. Let's try it out. And we did that for like a month. And then we're like, let's actually just get like a real podcast. And, um, it turned into like, we got Carlos to join us. Carlos Guevara is our third. He's a former big league pitcher was drafted by the Reds. Okay. So he's our third guy. I shouldn't say it like that. He's, you know, we're all pretty equal, but Carlos is like, was like kind of the thing that really kind of got us off the jump because, ha- you know, having like a big league pitcher, you can just go to for any questions you have as far as what's life's like in the majors. It's something that kind of gives us a leg up on a lot of other podcasts and gives us a lot of cool conversation. Um, and yeah, from there just kind of turned to like, we got a little bit more popular than we thought we would not to brag, but like, we we're like all like, you know, we were just all in town together for the first time, uh, the Cardinal series or after the all-star break. And it was cool. We were, we went to all three games and we had people come up to us like, Hey, we really like the show. We enjoy you guys. And it was, it was an awesome time. So like, well, I'm just sure it was an this. awesome time. You guys won the series. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Three. Sorry. I'm still salty about that. We were, uh, we were expecting it for real. Yeah. We, we were, were just like, we, we, we were, were going to pummel. We up. weren't surprised at all. Yeah, oh, okay. we had Mike Miner on the mound one game. We were like, <laughs> "You guys aren't ready for this." Yeah, right. It seemed like we weren't, but yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't even. Luckily, hopefully, the Cardinals have turned a corner. But uh, anyways, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys have some really cool stuff, uh, content-wise. Um, even though I unfortunately I can't remember y'all's y'all's late name. Night Reds you talk. Late nine Reds talk. I'm sorry about that. Uh, I'm terrible with names today for some reason. But uh, anyways. How, oh, shut up, Josh. Um, but anyways, so I was listening to uh, local, well, not local, but uh, St. Louis ESPN today, uh, and I got into an argument with my father, and I want you guys to validate my argument because it has to do with one of your catchers, uh, old catchers. Um, they were playing start, bench, or cut, and I assume you guys know how to do that. You pick a player, a start, bench, and cut. Um, the players were Pudge Rodriguez, Johnny Bench, or Yadier Molina. And they were going around and they were saying, start Yadi, bench Pudge, and cut um, bench. Now, before you uh, start, because <laughs> I already know you guys are angry about this, I do not like Yadier Molina. And whenever I heard that, I was oh. like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> This legal. Let me tell you something. Logan wishes Yadier Molina was never born. No, no, you stop that. You stop making this misinformation. But anyways, this is not. I think this is true. This is not true. But I, but yeah, I had to pick my jaw off, uh, off the floor, because to me, I think there's nobody better than Johnny Bench. Listen, I love. Yachty was really good defensively for a long time. Offensively, he was able to uh, show that he had some offensive prowess, like in the between 2011 and 15. But that was about it. Uh, but anyways, I want to hear y'all's uh, assessment of that. Um, respectfully, don't be respectful, please. Okay. Well, <laughs> I was gonna say I really like. And I'm not just saying this because, you know, but, I mean, I didn't see Johnny Bench play. You know what I mean? He retired six years before I was born. Yeah. So, um, but, like, looking at numbers and stuff, being, like, baseball geeks, Yadier Molina 
you know, like I said, really good defensively and really knew how to handle a rotation and kind of keep a pitching a pitching staff in order. But he's not Pudge or Johnny Bench. Um, Pudge in my lifetime and Mike Piazza are probably the two best total package catchers I saw. Oh, in your uh, in your lifetime. Yeah, until obviously, I mean, Buster Posey was pretty awesome. So it was yeah. Joe Maurer. But those guys played a lot of first base towards the end of their careers too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no disrespect to Yachty in the sense that, you know, obviously he's earned the right to be, you know, a Cardinals great. Um, you know, he's been a part of, a, you know, a World Series team. He's won a lot of gold gloves, but he's not any of those guys to me. Yeah, no. Uh, Nick? I mean, like, Pinch has like a 100-point higher OPS in his career. Like, I don't even – I mean, like, like Yadier Molina was like an average hitter. Pudge Rodriguez was a slightly above average hitter. And for a catcher that is an elite defensive, that's a huge – value yeah. player that's a great player but johnny bench yeah. would have been a, a a great hitter if he played first base yeah it, so like i i don't even and bench was known in his time as revolutionizing the catching position as a great defensive catcher so i don't know i, mean, I guess if you, if you want to make the case that he's in the 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 class of pudge rodriguez yeah you know what i'll i'll maybe listen to it i don't think so i mean you're still talking like 10 points in OPS plus that, you know, Pudge Rodriguez was better defensive. It's so hard to, to quantify how much value it has. So I don't know. I mean, all those guys were known as great defensive catchers. Uh, I, I don't like how, how are you separating two guys that are known as great defensive catchers? Like you yeah. just have to go to the offense and the offense yeah. is, you know, clearly significantly better. So, uh, so yeah, who would like? Let's play the game real quick. Start bench or cut? Uh, Pudge, Yachty, or bench? Um, I'd probably start bench. Yeah, I'd yeah. start bench, start bench, bench, Pudge, and cut Yachty. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I, I do the same, but I would I would say you know I don't think Yachty's I, I would I don't think anyone would be completely asinine to right. uh, have Molina on the bench and Pudge cut. I don't think that's nuts. Yeah. But Bench, he's far and away above. Yeah, uh, Johnny Bench, two-time MVP, Rookie of the Year, two-time World Series champion, World Series MVP, 14-time All-Star, 10-time Gold Glove, Major League Player of the Year. Yeah, that's uh, pretty big. Josh, do you have anything to comment on that? I mean, Bench would be my start. I mean, I'm not oh, an really? idiot. Although yeah. Yachty's like my favorite player in the last – I mean, him and AP are one-two for me in yeah. the last 20, 20 years. So, I mean, but Pudge was my favorite catcher until Yachty came along. So you're putting me in a bind. I mean, I, I would go Yachty just out of my fandom, and, and I would cut Pudge. But, I mean, Pudge was the dude, man. He was a rock. Now, back to something Tim said, I'll take Yachty over Mike Piazza. No. Um, but anyways, <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, I really dislike Yachty. He play he's been playing four years way too long. But um yeah, I want I, I literally I heard that right before we came on and I, I I honestly I was I was yelling at my dad about this, so it was weird. Um but anyways, um yeah, Josh, do you have any other questions about uh the Reds before we go into our next um, read? I mean the one question I have is 
so you, you Tim, you kind of gave us your how your your perception of how Cincinnati fans feel about St. Louis fans, and that we are the evil empire um, Star Wars. Is there a team that Reds fans hate more than the Cardinals? No. No. Okay. I mean, maybe yes. really a, maybe me if, definitely. But may, Cardinals fans maybe no. if the Cubs were good, it would be closer. Um, just because, like, when the Reds play the Cubs, it's, like, all blue. Mm-hmm. So, if – I don't know. Like, if if it ever got to a point, which I don't know if I ever see it happening, if it ever got to a point where the, the Cardinals, you know, took a step back for a couple of years and the Cubs were really good, I could see that maybe flipping. I could see that being more of a rivalry. But unless that happens, it's it's far and away the Cardinals. Um, so, um, and the Pirates have like six fans, so I don't, yeah, but I hate all six of them. It's hard to really have a rivalry (laughs) with that. What did Pittsburgh ever do to you? Uh, but anyways, uh, I'm confused about that. We'll have to go over that later, but yeah. So, um, there aren't many dynasties in baseball. Um, but I mean, I think the big red machine is probably considered one of the best, um, teams ever. Uh, Tony Perez, Johnny Bench, um, Joe Morgan, Pete Rose. Uh, so what, like, do you guys, I mean, do you, like, is the Big Red Machine still a big deal for you guys? Or is it, like, do you guys reminisce about it every every day? Like, do you have a shrine or still? or? I wouldn't go, no. I mean, it's obviously cool. Like, it's yeah. awesome, like, the legacy of what they what they did. Um, and you know, it's something that's definitely celebrated throughout the city. You know, anytime you go to great American ballpark, they all have statues, you know, whether it's in another, you know, we have the Reds hall of fame museum where they have displays. So you definitely appreciate it. And like me, you know, so Johnny bench was my dad's hero. Mm. So like for me being able to like one year at Christmas, give my dad a signed baseball from Johnny bench was a really cool feeling just cause that's who my dad loved growing up. That was my dad's favorite player. Like, my dad grew up in Bellevue, Kentucky, which is five minutes away from downtown Cincinnati. So him and his brothers would walk to Riverfront every night and just watch the Big Red Machine kick some ass. And uh, can I say that here? Yeah. yeah you can. Okay. Okay. Just want to make sure. Uh, it happens a lot on our show, as Nick will tell you. Um, so, yeah, you know, you definitely appreciate and respect it, but it's not something, like, we sit around and are like, man, you know, the, red, the Big Red Machine were just, like, when people, like, are like, you know, they're like the 27 Yankees. I'm like, Okay, that's yeah. cool. Like, that's great. Good for them. But like, it's not something where like, if I'm like in a sports bar argument with somebody, I'm not like, well, we had the big red machine, so suck it. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, Nick. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely you know a really cool you know part of like the heritage of the Reds, and you know they, they do a great job celebrating it. I'll be honest. And at times, as someone who didn't grow up with that, that has not had a, teams that have had a lot of success, it can get kind of nauseating. <laughs> you know, it's just, yep. and, and I don't blame the Reds, but it's all they celebrate. You know, like there's like 60 days of like you know former Reds, and I, I don't know. So some of it can, like, like while I while I appreciate it and respect it, and I'm happy for it, there also is like quite a divide, and it seems to get a, gotten a little bit better. But like with with older Reds fans, like they didn't appreciate Joey Votto at all because mm. of the Reds' lack of six, like playoff success. Like that got blamed on him, and it, it's just it's such a different era because the Reds will never be able to build a team like that. 
there's not many teams like that. I don't know if there'll ever be a team like that, but the Reds certainly aren't just because of the the economics of baseball have changed so much since then. Um, and so it's just it, it like the comparison just kind of gets stale to me. And, you know, so I don't know that, that would, I guess, you know, kind of be my thoughts on it. And I don't like Pete Rose at all. And I'm sick yeah. of him being celebrated and having a statue in front of the the stadium. So that really tarnishes it more than anything else. Yeah, I think yeah. the other interesting dynamic for me is, you know, yeah, I'm a big Reds fan, so we had the bigger machine this one decade where they were, like, mm-hmm. the best of the best. I'm a diehard Chicago Bulls fan. Mm-hmm. One decade where they were the best of the best, and that's all mm-hmm. people talk about when it comes to the Bulls. And it's like, you know, yes, that was the only time they won championships, but they've had times that they were a really good basketball team. But So yeah. that's what it kind of reminds me of, in a sense. You know, being a fan of both those teams, like, that's what I hear all the time. Yeah. It's a good comparison. Yeah. Uh yeah, that yeah, I guess I, I never really looked at that. Like it's kinda it's kind almost I mean comparatively like the uh Yankees fans always saying, Oh, we had twenty seven championships uh when they haven't won in ten years. But I mean yeah. So um I know Nick, you have to go pretty soon and hopefully Tim can stay on for just yeah. a little bit longer. However long uh, you need me. Yeah. Um so before you go, I want I wanna ask you both um what is there to be excited about in the Reds uh, for the Reds' future? Or, uh, I mean, is there anything to be excited about as a Reds fan? Or first off, ow! I hope so. We're gonna have some yeah. brutal podcasts over the next couple of years. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I mean, the the Reds' farm system right now is is loaded. Um, the Reds of the trade deadline essentially acquired an entire infield of really good prospects, like legitimately a third baseman, a first baseman, a shortstop, and two shortstops, so one of them can play second base. So, I mean, they're loaded. Ellie De La Cruz is a, a player that is going to be talked about all over baseball, kind of already starting to, but it's just going to continue. Um, as someone who recently started getting into the minor leagues a little bit more since that's the most exciting part of the Reds. Been watching a lot of their games and Ellie De La Cruz is just electric. So there's going to be a lot of excitement. There's going to be a lot of growing pains through that. But um, I've said it on our show, I'll say it again. I mean, I'd much rather be watching a team that's, that's going through those growing pains and has that upside than, you know, watching a team that's, that's, you know, over the hill, that's running out the string and that has no hope. So you know, I definitely think that is is probably, uh, um, you know, what kind of what most look forward to, and I think it's going to be. Um, I definitely think the Reds have a have a bright future. Just hard to tell when that's going to be, but I think they they do have a lot going. So, but I, I'm going to get out of here, guys. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, uh, thanks for coming yeah. on, Nick. We appreciate you taking time yeah. out to be with us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Thanks, All right. Yeah, and I'll see you next time. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Yeah, I can piggyback off that, too, if yeah. you want. So, I mean, what everything Nick said is 100% accurate. You know, the fact that they've rebuilt the farm system. But, you know, you talked about it earlier in the show, uh, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft. We're seeing these young guys who are coming up. I mean, Hunter Green threw 200 minor league innings because he had the COVID year. He had Tommy John. Like, mm. you know, he's had to deal with a lot of, like, stoppages. Um, so to see him, like, have pretty decent success, like, I don't care what his ERA says. I watch him game to game, so I know like he's making progress. Um, and then, you know, Jonathan Indy was just a National League Rookie of the Year. Uh, Tyler Stevenson, before he got hurt, you saw really kind of the one of the top three National League hitting catchers. 
Um, and then Nick Dixon Zell's a guy I'm still pretty high on. I still think he has like value as a major league player. And you're starting to see he was the second overall pick in his draft class. Yeah. Um, he's had a lot of injuries. He, you know, he's had a lot of inability of staying on the field. Uh, but he's a guy who can play a lot of different positions. Like tonight, they got in a pinch and he had to play third base after playing center field. Um, you're starting to see him kind of sh- finally like what it's like when he's on the field consistently. Uh, would like to see the power get up a little more. But, you know, on top of what's going on in the farm system, you're already starting to see guys who contribute to hopefully when the Reds are good again, they're, you know, they're part of the ball club. So, who uh, Who's the most exciting player um, right now? Prospect or on the roster? On the roster. Okay. Um, whew. So for me, um, Hunter Green's obviously pretty damn exciting. Anyone that can yeah. throw 102 uh, is pretty fun to watch. You know, we had a role to Chapman for seven years. That was yeah, a blast. Right. Um, but, you know, Hunter Green's obviously a, real, a lot of fun. And seeing him learn how to pitch, uh, seeing him kind of be like, look, any major league uh, hitter can square up 100 now. It's kind of like everyone throws 100, so... It's not like he's like super unique in that sense anymore, but learning how to locate his fastball and learning how to build off his fastball to use his slider and things like that has been a lot of fun. Uh, on the offensive side, I know he's hurt right now, but man, Tyler Stevenson's awesome. Yeah, and uh, I really just, like him. Just seeing what he's turning into when he's on the field is so impressive. And there's a big debate going around here. It's really stupid about like should he switch to first base because he gets injured, and it's really dumb to me because it's not like it's like. Oh, he tore his ACL again, or this is, it's like, oh, it's freak accidents. It's not, yeah. you know, like, so, and the Reds are much better. And he's a lot, you know, he's going to make more money as a catcher than if he switches positions. So what did he uh, get injured off of? He broke his collarbone in the Cardinal series. Oh, okay. okay. First, first batter post all-star break. He breaks his collarbone. Okay. I, sorry. I, I missed that series luckily enough. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I love Tyler Stevenson. Uh, if, I mean, I know Yachty is retiring after this year, and I was like, these are catchers who I want to replace him, and Tyler Stevenson is one, uh, Wilson Contreras, and uh, Sean Murphy. But I love Tyler Stevenson, and so I'm glad that you picked him. Um, Josh, do you have anything you want to say before I move on? Um, so, Tim, we were talking a little bit earlier. Um, who's your – and this is going to kind of piggyback off what Logan said – Who's your favorite prospect? Um, Let me make it easier on you. Who's your favorite prospect do you think will make an impact next season? Ooh, okay. That is uh, – I think Spencer Strand can make an impact next season. He's one of the guys that got in the Tyler Malley trade from Minnesota. He just played in the Futures game. Uh, he might be up the next week. They said two infielders go down tonight. So, really? uh, yeah, that could be a lot of fun. But Ellie De La Cruz is – you know, it's hard to not be excited about him. Uh, he's, you know, I don't really know. Like, I don't really read a lot as far as like the top 100 prospect list. I know a lot of people put value into that. But with our show, we've been lucky to make friends with people who literally watch minor league baseball all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're telling us, like, we think he might be the number one listed prospect next year. Uh, he has that he has that upside. Um, he's really young. I think he just turned 22. Uh, he just got promoted to double A and he's raking there as well. Um, you know, he's a six, six shortstop right now. So you know, the conversation six, is, will he shortstop? There, yeah. There seems to be yeah. a lot of that lately. Uh, we have O'Neal yeah. Cruz. Um, uh, who's the other guy? I think Jordan Walker is pretty tall too, but he's a third baseman, but yeah, it's let me, let me triple I'll, check that. I have his baseball card right next to me. 
six two. Sorry, six two. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm uh, insane. Um, I was going to say six. Still six, pretty six, tall for a shortstop. Yeah, you know? right. You can put yeah. him anywhere though. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, we need to see if there's a tri- there's a reason why there there's a lot of uh, tall shortstops well, lately. It just seems I mean, weird. Not only a lot of tall catchers like Tyler Stevens is one yeah. of the taller catchers. And he's, yeah. You know. So, um, you know, Ellie's definitely the good, the guy that everyone's the most excited about. But uh, a guy they also got in that Twins trade that I really like is the uh, is the Encarnacion Strand, Christian Encarnacion Strand. Uh, just a big bat, big power hitter, can play first base. You know, the big worry I've had for this Reds team for a long time wasn't necessarily like, will they be good again? It's what does life look like at first base post Joey Votto? And we might finally have an answer to that because like when Vado has been hurt throughout his tenure with the Reds, it's like, I guess we'll try Jay Bruce at first base today and see if this works. He hasn't played it before, but um, you know, Todd Frazier, obviously in the 2012 season was really good at first for a while while Joey was injured. But you know, it's been a really like if Joey Votto's not a first base, it's a revolving door of, Oh God, this is scary. Uh, so now we kind of finally maybe have a glimpse of what life is like when he does end up leaving Cincinnati, whether that's next year um, or, you know, the year after when he's 41. So who knows? Yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah, go ahead. Since we're talking about Votto, why did he – he had the opportunity to get out and go play for winning teams. Is there a story as to why he didn't leave? Does he love the organization that much? Or was it the money they were given? Like, can you give me a little insight on why a guy with his caliber and the potential he had to go win – decided to stay with an organization that was never really on the cusp of getting the job done. No disrespect. So uh, Carlos is on our show is actually really good friends with Joey. Uh, They were minor league roommates. So they have a really good relationship and he's talked to us about some things I can't really share here. uh, Just uh, you know, the respect of their relationship. Um, But I will put it to you this way. So, you know, Joey's from Toronto, Canada, big Raptors fan. You know, the Raptors won the title a couple years ago and he was recently, he was on Dan Patrick last year saying that he didn't like how they won because Kawhi Leonard left San Antonio to go there. Mm. If that tells you something, Joey seems to have a lot of loyalty to him. Uh, he, you know, he, if they were to be able to win in Cincinnati with him there, which, you know, you're right. It doesn't look yeah. like it's going to happen by the end of their, by the end of his contract. Um, it would mean so much more to him than if he went to the Yankees and was the DH and they won. You know what I mean? Like it would just mean so much more to him. And I don't assume, I mean, I do feel like he really loves Cincinnati. I think it's something where like, he's got, uh, he really has a lot of appreciation here. Um, You know, so I I definitely think it plays a part. I, you know, I don't ask what he thinks of ownership. I don't ask any of that stuff because, you know, like he's been here for a lot of these trades on and off. I mean, you're talking about a guy that played a year with Ken Griffey Jr. In Cincinnati. So uh, he's seen a lot and, you know, it seems like he's just kind of been really comfortable here. And I feel like comfortability matters a lot to him. Um, so I think that's just kind of what it came down to. Uh, I would have loved to have won with him because he's my favorite red ever. Um, breaks my heart that he did not get to experience like deep postseason success at any point. Yeah. Um, but it'll never be another player like him here. I can tell you that much. Well, I think yeah. Logan and I are both bottom fans. Yeah. We always I- wanted to see him win. His 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 tweet a couple weeks ago. I guess it got really. It got. Uh, I don't know if you uh, heard this, but he said he was going to St. Louis and uh, he made a bean joke <laughs> on Twitter. And like, apparently, a lot of people got angry about this. So he said, "I apologize," and he started making like uh, 
bean puns in the tweet. And I just love Joey Votto. It's like, I don't understand why people don't like him. And anyone who doesn't like him is an idiot. But uh, that is kind of interesting because you kind of, and I don't mean to press too much, but like uh, no. it, it kind of sounds like uh, he's not a fan of like going and chasing a championship. Like he doesn't want to go to an already good team. He wants to have, like he wants to be there at the start and doesn't want to seem like a LeBron James and no disrespect to LeBron James, but you know, he went to the, he went to the heat and then Kevin Durant went to the warriors when they were already an established dynasty. So yeah, I understand that. And I think, you know, that's a very old school um, move on his part from what it sounds like. Um, Yeah. A guy like he's really idolized is Ted Williams. You know, the Red Sox never won when Ted Williams was there. Yeah, um, but he he didn't go anywhere. You know, he he sat through it all. So, I was just talking about how Joey Votto talks about that uh, book that Ted Williams wrote. Uh, he basically uses it as a Bible still. Um, but uh, yeah, anyways, so yeah, that's interesting. But piggybacking off of Joey Votto, um, you said kind of th- you said that Reds fans kind of turned on him. Um, when was that, and what what really went into that? So 2011 was the year after he won the MVP. And, you know, there was a big question of like, well, it's a shame that this small market team is going to lose Joey Votto. And a lot of fans were like, this really sucks because, you know, he's become the guy. He signs a pretty hefty contract at the time, Uh, you know, kind of rivaled Albert's contract with the Angels um, at the time. And everyone got mad at him because it's like, well, you know, because he can't win here with this fan base uh, is the harsh reality of it. But they're like, you know, why would they give him that much money? That's ridiculous. He's only had two good years. And it's like, well, you just said that you have to keep him. So you yeah. can't have it both ways. Um, and his style of play is something where like, you know, we talk, you guys asked a lot about the machine. And it's like, well, you know, if Tony Perez had a guy on second base. He was swinging at everything to get the guy in. And it's just this old man yeah. way of looking at baseball. And, you know, like baseball's not really played that way anymore. Um, no. You know, one of the coolest things you can say about Joey Votto is he led the league in non-base percentage seven times. Like yeah. that, that's Hall of Fame shit right there. Like yeah. that's, you know what I mean? Like leading something like your league in a positive thing seven times. And, um, you know, people always looked at it like peer people care way too much about RBIs and they look at batting average and they care way too much about this like, old man back of your baseball card statistics kind of thing where Joey's more like, you know, like I would rather extend the inning. I would rather get on base. He's like, if I can knock the run in, I'm going to, it's, you know, and it's like, but he's like, I'm going to, you know, test the strike zone. I'm going to learn about like what this umpire has and like what his heat map is and things like that. And people just didn't like it because they wanted to see, you know, if you're making this much money, you got to be hitting 35 home runs, knocking in 120 RBIs. And like, you know, he's done that. Don't be wrong. A few good, good amount of his career, but he's also been the guy that's like, yeah, I mean, if it's more beneficial for me to walk, to bring G Bruce up and put runners on first and second with one out, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's kind of the career he's built. Yeah. If only there was another player like that. You're um, stroking Logan anyways. Zigo right now, by the way. He, I know. Joey's cool in the sense that he like um, he speaks really high of Albert. Like he really, really, really likes Albert. Um, you know, they were kind of the best oh, of the yeah. best. You know, the best two uh, first base in the National League were in the same division for a few well, years yeah, like, for Albert with the Los Angeles. 
Well, yeah, in like 2010 and 11, and uh, I mean, even before that a little bit, uh, it was him, Prince Fielder, and uh, Albert. Um, I mean, it was the three. And they were always competing, it seemed like, for MVP. So, yeah, yeah. that's – and, yeah, and so that's really cool. Uh, yeah, because, like, from what I understand, he's more kind of said, like, there's only, like, a few players he's been like, yeah, you know, like, Trout, Miggy, Albert. Those are kind of the guys that he's been like, they're probably the guys above me. But yeah. I'm right there with them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, looking at his baseball uh, reference page, um, he has a career four, uh, four thirteen on base percentage. Um, he has never had a below average um, year in on base percentage. Um, he has a one forty six career OPS and a nine twenty eight OPS plus, or I mean nine twenty eight OPS and a one forty six OPS plus. If he had a 928 OPS plus, oh my gosh. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but uh, man, yeah. So, I mean, I always thought for some reason that he kind of went downhill a couple of years. Uh, but it, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously his um, his batting average went down. But I mean, like you said, when if he could walk uh, to, you know, help a team, he would do that. And that's really cool for me. Um, I mean, gosh. I mean, looking at it, I, I think, um, I didn't, I mean, I love, I liked Joey Votto a lot, but, um, I didn't respect him as much as I should have. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, he's a first ballot hall of famer, right? I think so. Um, I'm sure there'll be some old baseball head writers who'll be like, yeah, well, you know, he never got out of the first round and like, like, all right, in that case, I guess Mike Trout's not a first ballot hall of famer either. So Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's almost a free agent uh, next year is his last season. Um, do you expect him to retire or do you uh, – he's 38 years old right now. He'll be 30 uh, – actually, he'll be 40 by the end of the next season. Uh, you expect him to retire or do you have him go in one more season? So it's really tricky. Um, I haven't really gotten much intel on this either. Like, yeah, uh, it, I don't – I think he's kind of playing it pretty close to the chest – um, as far as like what his thought process is here, besides he's told people when he retired, he's going to drive a school bus. Um, that's kind of like his goal apparently, which, you know, just always gives us a good laugh. Yeah. Um, I could see him retiring. I could see him, you know, signing a one-year contract to go play elsewhere. Um, I'm sure there is a part of him, you know, that would be really cool for him to play for the Blue Jays for a year or so. Like, I'm mm. sure there's a part of him that would really love that. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything that says yes or no. I don't have anything that tells me like that would be the case, but I, you know, it's where he grew up. It's, you know, like they got to play there this year and he got to be home and, you know, he's got it. I believe he has still has a home up there. So uh, he spends the majority of his off season up there. Uh, so I'm sure like there's a big part of him that would like that. I don't know if the Reds will, you know, they're definitely not going to pick up his option because his option is a hell of a lot of money. Um, yeah. But you know, if there's something where they, bring him back to DH and he plays for two, three million, kind of like what you guys do with Pujols this year. I could see that as a possibility. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's going to go one of three ways. He's going to be a red for a year, a way less money. He's going to play somewhere else or he's going to retire. So I have no idea where the thought process on that quite at the moment. When you get the inside track, you got to let us know. <laughs> if yeah, I'm right? allowed, if I'm allowed. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's really cool. Um, yeah, that was a lot of intel on uh, Joe, not intel, sorry, uh, insight into the jo- Joey Votto right there, and I like that. Um, 
So I know uh, we're going, we're approaching about an hour right now, but uh, before we really uh, start wrapping this up, I wanted to ask you, um, everyone talks about the 1919 World Series. I wanted to ask you as a Reds fan, because it, it just dawned on me, what is a Reds fan's perspective of the 1919 World Series? Banners hanging up in our stadium, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. I just I just wanted to know. I, I it's totally fine. I, I it's just one of those like it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the machine. Like it doesn't affect me. Yeah. Like you know, it's not like I saw it. Like you talked about earlier. Like Yankees fans were like, we have twenty seven championships. It's like you know, if you want to talk to me about the ones you saw in the nineties, okay. Yeah. You know, I hate the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hate them. So when people kind of be like, yeah, you know, we've got six Super Bowls. I'm like, cool. You were alive for two of those. Yeah. You did not watch Jack Lambert play football. Okay. Yeah. Like, don't come to me with this bullshit. Um, so the 1919 World Series is a fun story. Uh, Eight yeah. Men Out is one of my favorite baseball movies. Really? Um, so, you know, I've enjoyed that. And Charlie Sheen plays in that movie as a member of the White Sox, but he's a big Reds fan. So I thought yeah. that was kind of funny. But. You know, it's a cool story. Um, I'm a big fan of Boardwalk Empire on HBO, and like one of the seasons, they actually had a storyline around the, the, the fixing the World Series, and I thought that was yeah. neat. So for me, it's more of a pop culture thing than like what it matters for the legacy of the Reds, honestly. Yeah, I just I just realized, you know, there's not really a lot of people who talk about the Reds' point of view of that whole scandal, and and, and to us, you know, the Cardinals back in 1985 got like this really bad. Uh, world series call that uh screwed us out of the world series and so uh cardinals fans always talk about how uh the cardinals have 12 world series wins but one of them is in kansas city uh just oh, yeah, I, i'm sure there's 11 championships and your guys this year just hurt so bad to yeah right one more <laughs> yeah but yeah it's kind of funny because you, uh you kind of said you know a lot of people are you're kind of sick of the whole um thing and then me as a cardinal fan i get so sick and tired of hearing about the 2011 team uh really that team yeah. was great it well not for 90 percent of the season yeah it was it was rough that team oh my god i was heartbroken when they i was yeah. so heartbroken in game six when they came back and won i was like god man like <laughs> at that time at that time we i still really like josh hamilton at oh, the gosh. time yeah, right. You know, we didn't know a lot of the things that came out shortly after. Oh, gosh, um, gosh. So, you know, seeing him like win an MVP and just like, I, I thought he was the natural. I thought he was the real yeah. life version of the natural. Um, so, like, when Alan Craig just like goes crazy in game six, like, I was heartbroken. But now it's kind of like, you know, I don't really get too wrapped up. Like, if the Steelers yeah. win the Super Bowl, yeah, I get pissed off. <laughs> but, like, if like the Cardinals win another World Series, I'm not like throwing things mad yeah. at the world. I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. It was their year. Yeah. Um, I don't want to hear it from their fan base when they come to Cincinnati. I don't care. Yeah, no. um, but it's not like it just affects my life anymore. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it was, yeah, it was funny to me. Um, Josh, do you have anything you want to say real quick? Yes, I do. Oh, okay. Are you excited for the game Thursday night, Tim? I am. I think oh, it's yeah, a I cool. I, um, I don't necessarily care the Reds are playing in it. It's cool that they are. I love they're wearing those unis. Um, we kind of got a taste of it back in 2019 it was the 150th anniversary of the franchise. And it was like every homestand, the uh, weekend homestand, they wore a throwback Jersey from the organization's history. It was a really, really fun, um, really fun time. Like just going there and like, you'd go like a few Sundays and see them wear a different uniform. Um, I, I really liked it. I'm a sucker for nostalgia and I'm a sucker for throwback jerseys. Like uh, we were just, 
at the series when St. Louis was in town that we all worked together, uh, the Saturday game, you guys wore the baby blues and I, I love seeing those on the field. Um, you know, I wasn't alive when Willie McGee was winning world series with you guys. Um, but you know, seeing that is something I really appreciate and enjoy. Um, you know, I really like when you guys wear like the Stan usual era Jersey. Mm. Yeah, so the like, Saturday uh, home jerseys, the cream. Yeah, home. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's a really cool looking like thing. Like, it's really um, nice. I like it. It is nice, and so, um, yeah, it's just like we got to kind of taste it to kind of see that too. And like, you know, Field of Dreams is such a cool like. I don't know. I guess the kind of I'm, my thoughts are going everywhere here for a moment. So let me bring it back. Oh, I no. think offsite stuff in baseball is really cool. Um, a few years ago, the Reds and Cardinals played that game in Mexico City. That series, I thought that was yeah. neat. Um, the Yankees and Red Sox had that one crazy game in London where it was like, like 10 home runs were hit or something like a few years back. I thought that was neat. And, you know, it's different from in football when like your team has a home game and they play in London because you only get, you know, eight or nine home games a season now with the extended schedule. Uh, I think baseball, you know, no one's hurt that the Reds are losing a home game to be the home team in the Field of Dreams game. So if they want to do more things like this, I'm all for it. I think it's great. Um, you know, it's a cool way to like bring pop culture back into baseball. And I think like baseball really struggles with that as far as like a big product. So yeah, I dig it. I think it'll be neat. Uh, Nick Lodolo is on the mound for us in that game. So that makes it fun to watch. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, they might have a chance at winning because the Cubs trade a lot of their good players away too. And the Reds are above them in the standings right now. So yeah, the Cubs really, the Cubs really suck. Um, but yeah. I'm sure that um, just brings you guys joy to say. Honestly, honestly for me. No, um, not at all. Actually. No, yeah, for yeah, I, I was know, gonna say, be good. yeah, we both at the beginning of the season, we both thought the Cubs were going to be better. And uh, Josh and I, we're of the firm belief that we want uh, we want there to be good con- uh, competition, especially in a division. So, the the fact that the Cardinals and the Brewers, and now it's just the Cardinals basically, uh, being the top two is just kind of sad to us. So we want the Reds to be really good. We want them. We want the Cubs to do really well. We even want the Pirates. Those fucking Pirates who really personally hurt you for some reason. Okay, we gotta ask now. Uh, <laughs> we gotta ask. I gotta ask. I'm too curious. What 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 is with the Pirates hate and the Pittsburgh hate? Well, first I grew up in Cincinnati, so that's yeah. that's natural. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's just always been like part of me that I've just always hated everything from Pittsburgh. Um. You know, I hate the Steelers more than, you know, a lot of things in the society. Um, I hate them so more than I Bengals hate Bengals guy? Die hard. Okay, cool. Fair enough. Yeah. I hate the Steelers more than I hate ketchup. I hate the Steelers more than I hate onions. I hate the Steelers more than I hate, you know, um, Nickelback. Like, I hate the Steelers Ooh. with deep burning passion. Uh, and the Pirates just kind of fall into that. And it's a lot of just like, you know, there was that stretch for a couple of years ago where they were pretty, pretty decent, right? You guys knocked them out in the playoffs that year. Mm-hmm. Um, they beat us in the one game wild card. You know they have that on us. Sure, oh, twenty thirteen, yeah. Um, but it's a lot of just like their inability of their fan base to understand how baseball really works, and they're like, you know, mm-hmm. they got excited for a couple years there, and they talk hella shit when they're good for you know an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember they would have those couple years they'd be really good going to the All Star break, and then they would like somehow have a losing Sad, season. Yeah, uh, those were always joyous to me. Um, their fans Andrew wish I... was going to be the next Babe Ruth. 
Yeah, I remember hearing that. Always try to tell me that McCutcheon was better than Joey Votto, and that looks silly now quite a bit, doesn't it? Um, It's just always been like the fan base from that city uh, is just the god awful, the worst, and I wish no success for them. Um, You know, the Bengals play the Steelers Week One. I hope Kenny Pickett throws five interceptions. He probably will. You know, and Joe Burrow throws for five hundred yards. Yeah, he probably will. There's receiving core. Yeah. Yeah, so the Pittsburgh hate is just – it's a lot of rooted uh, – so also I uh, – this is very unpopular, but I'm a big Notre Dame football fan. And Notre Dame and Pitt also have a rivalry. So I guess it's a rivalry. When I grew up, it was. Yeah, it's um, not Notre Dame's won a lot of those games the last, you know, 10 years or so. Um, so every – you know, every – and also I hate UK basketball and John Calipari is their head coach, and he's from Pittsburgh, so – you hate UK basketball too? So are you a UC fan? No, 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 no. Okay. I um I cover UC basketball. Uh, my basketball podcast. I'm credentialed for all the local Division One schools. Um, so I cover Xavier, I cover UC, and I cover Northern Kentucky. Um, if I had to pick one, I, I mean, I definitely lean more towards Xavier just because my stepdad's Xavier alum. So I grew up going to games. Um, Cintas is just awesome. It's my favorite place to work a game, and I've worked, you know. Madison Square Garden. I've worked the Yum Center, but Cintas Center and Xavier is just nothing like it. Oh, Tim, uh, I don't say this often enough, and Josh is going to get really jealous that I say this, but I love you. Uh, <laughs> he loves everybody but me, so I'm not jealous. <laughs> that, that was good. I love. I hate Pittsburgh more than I hate ketchup. You need to put that on a shirt, honestly. Yep. Uh, and Can onions. We put that on a merch store. Yeah, right. We're going to steal that. But anyways, uh, go for it. Yeah, we need right. a picture of your face. Send, send us a Logan. We're going to put you on the shirt. That's fine. Um, who's your favorite player in the in Major League Baseball right now? That's Ooh. not a red. I mean, it can um, be a red, but it's got to be a really good, you know. Yeah, I mean. Well, I figured you go with bottom. I mean, yeah, that's that's always. But, like, non-red-wise, um, kind of a goofy one. Um, my wife's family are from Cleveland. So uh, I've gotten to watch a lot of Guardians. My wife's grandma is 90 years old, and she watches every Guardians game. And she's like, you know, we just text about it. It's great. So um, I freaking love Jose Ramirez. I I love that he signed the contract to stay there. Um, You know, Nick talked about earlier. They're not a big spending franchise by any means, but they are, you know, kind of like St. Louis. They always develop guys. They always have good players that they bring up to their system. And he's just kind of like, you know, you thought after Lindor, like that might, like the Lindor trade, that might not be the end of them. It ended up being the best thing that happened to him. And, yeah. um, you know, if Lindor signs that contract, you can't keep Jose Ramirez. And he's just a joy to watch, man. You can tell he loves baseball and you can tell how much he loves Cleveland. And, you know, his press conference when he was like, I wanted to be here. He's like, I had, you know, I probably could have gone somewhere if I wanted to, but I like being here. I did that. I'd rather get $100 million here than $150 million somewhere else. I like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm a big Jose Ramirez guy. I really enjoy him. Drafted him first in my fantasy, my dynasty league this year, so like him a lot. Yeah, that's cool. Logan, before uh, you move on, I have another question. For Tim. Okay, then. We were talking unis earlier. Mm-hmm. Two questions. One, what do you think about the white Bengal Tiger jerseys that the since he's coming out with? And then two, which of the red jerseys are your favorite? Because mine is back when they had the red sleeves and the white pinstripe vests. You're talking like the Griffey era? Yeah. Okay. Um, so first question, I uh, 
they're actually kind of bringing back an older from the past uniforms. Those the color rush jersey they had with the white one with like the all white with the black stripes and the black numbers. But the white helmet looks incredible. Yeah, um, it does. I'm, I'm stoked for it. Yeah, I'm really excited because they've never done anything different in my lifetime. Um, like they've never had a throwback where they wore like the the old helmet that said Bengals down the side. So I'm stoked right. for that. Uh, really excited for that. Um, favorite red jersey of all time. I have a special place in my heart for that one because, like I mentioned, the '99 team was my favorite red. It was the team that got me in love with the Reds. And Ken Griffey Jr. is how I fell in love with baseball. So when he came to the Reds, it's one of the happiest days of my childhood. Um, so there's definitely a special place in my heart for those. But the pullovers that they wore uh, there, you know, during the Machine era in '90 when they won the series, those are kind of always my favorite. Um, I actually have an Eric Davis one in my closet right next to me. Um, so that uh. It's not an authentic by any means. It's a little too pricey for me. I'm about to have a baby, so I can't spend that much money. Congratulations. Um, Thanks. So uh, Davis is, you know, I really enjoy that team. Larkin's a guy who's always been one of my favorite players growing up. So when they want, you know, that's really a cool thing for me. Uh, So that's probably my favorite. Um, But low-key underrated is mid-90s. The road jerseys, they had the gray one with the red pinstripes. It said Cincinnati across it. Um, I look at those as like the Deion Sanders era jerseys because that's how I was like, oh yeah, Deion Sanders plays two sports. That's really cool because you know I was a kid in the '90s. I grew up watching the Cowboys and they were awesome. Right. Um, so oh the Cowboys. Yeah, so Deion, you know, playing for my favorite baseball team, I was like, he's the coolest guy ever because he plays two sports. Yeah. So I always like put like that run of those red jerseys with him, even though like there were way better baseball players. One of my weird PCs, so I collect sports cards. I'm really into it. Really? One of my weird PCs is Deion Sanders Reds baseball cards. I try to get as many as I can. It's yeah. so goofy because really? they're so cheap. It's not like there's any that are worth a ton of money, but I just like having them because like, I loved Deion Sanders as a kid. Yeah. Fun fact about Tim. I love it. Everyone loves prime time. Uh, but, uh, so um, do you have any other questions? Uh, Josh, at the moment? No, if someone comes up, up, I'll flag it. Okay, well, this is the last question. Uh, Because, I mean, as we've been going an hour, we don't want to take too much of Tim's time. My wife's asleep. My dogs are in bed. As long as you guys need me, I'm happy to hang out. He's a trooper, Logan. Yeah, I know, right? Um, I see Clay Snowden's in the chat, by the way. That's my guy. He's on the show quite a bit. Yeah, I, I saw I saw someone named Clay Snowden. I thought, oh, that's the uh, Tim, you related are to the goat. Yeah, Clay is a, he's a friend of ours. So he actually uh, he lives in Lexington, um, and so he came up that weekend for the Cardinal series and hung out with us. And it was it was cool. It was our first time meeting him in person as well. Clay's really funny because he's from Lexington, Kentucky, but like you know he's pretty he's younger, so he grew up in the era of like you can see your team anyways because of Sunday ticket, league pass, things like that. So Clay's from Lexington. He's a Reds fan. He's a Buffalo Bills fan. He's a Boston Celtics fan. Most unique. And Chicago Blackhawks. He's a big Chicago Blackhawks fan. Just the most unique fan base I've ever seen in my life. Clay and I will play. Sorry. (laughs) Who's your your hockey team, Tim? Um, I'm not a huge hockey guy. It's not that I dislike it. I just don't know the rules. Um. But I was just in Nashville, and I stayed right by the Predators when I went to SummerSlam. So the Predators Arena looks really cool, and like from what I understand, it's a big deal down there. So like, and my brother-in-law is actually from Nashville. So like, oh man, 
I like their color scheme. If I had to pick one, it might be them. But also, you know, being like a Kentucky, Ohio kind of guy, I'll watch the Blue Jackets. You know, mm-hmm. I think their stuff looks cool. And, and like I said, if I could learn the rules, like I played NHL 94, but it was a little loose. You know how they like <laughs> yeah, did the rules in that game. So oh, yeah. I never really got to learn it. But um, I would love to learn hockey. I think it, it's fascinating. It looks like it's a lot of fun. Um, I just never learned the rules. A lot keep you busy in the offseason. A lot better live than it is. Um, is there so let's talk uh, about the M- about major league baseball a little bit since apparently we're going for another hour. No. Uh but you need me, man. I'm just hanging out. Yeah, right. Um is there a team that excites you? Or yeah, yeah, who- for sure. Um I know they're playing the Reds right now, but it's hard to not enjoy what the Mets are doing. Mm. Um, you know. We, I, you know, granted they're paying Francisco Lindor way too much money to do what he's doing, but you know, Pete Alonso is a lot of fun, and uh, their pitching staff is awesome. You know, how do you not enjoy Jacob Degrom? He's incredible. Um, Edwin Diaz, his brother, is a pitcher for the Reds, so that's kind of neat. Uh, Alexis Diaz probably be the Reds' closer of the future. Yeah. Um, so the Mets are a lot of fun. Obviously, the Mariners having a bunch of former Reds, and like I mentioned earlier, Griffey being my favorite player of all time. I always have kept an eye on them. And then, you know, hanging out with my wife's grandma, the Guardians, man. They're they're in the race. It's a terrible division, but yeah, they have a chance to pull it off. Yesterday, they won one to nothing against Houston. Tristan McKenzie looked really good. So, Oh, man, Tristan McKenzie. Yeah. I was that dude might be 94 pounds. Yeah, I, he's a scrawny guy. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, he... He can throw well, it. You're talking about the little bitty pitcher. My dude, yeah. his legs look like twigs. My dude's out there at 94 pounds, throwing 101. Like he was somebody in the off season who the Cardinals were rumored to go after. It was like Bieber, Plezak, or uh, McKenzie, and I was kind of wanting McKenzie. I mean, I obviously wanted Bieber too, but um, so uh, so you kind of have the Guardians as a backup team, right? Uh, I mean, are they yeah. close enough or they're about four hours from me, um, but we'll go up, you know, a few times a year just to see my wife's family. And um, I haven't caught a game at their stadium yet, but I'd like to. Really? Um, but, you know, Cleveland gets a lot of rap for being this like boring, shitty city. But I have a blast every time I go. Um, I was actually there funny enough during the Bengals Titans game uh, this year in the playoffs. So I was in downtown Cleveland wearing a Joe Burrow jersey. The only one happy. Um, my my wife's uncle was taking me to a Cavaliers game. So and it's like we were at a bar like right by the Cavs arena. Mm-hmm. And that's a cool place to see a basketball game, man. It's a really neat arena. Yeah. I've heard, I've actually I've heard that. I, I think I've like the late uh Staples Center or whatever it's called now is another one in Cleveland. Um okay, so jump back to the Reds real quick. Cause sure. I know Josh is dying to hear this. Uh, what is your favorite Reds food? Ooh, okay. Hold on, can we freeze? Okay, answer that, and then I have a food question. All right, so I wouldn't say Skyline's my favorite Reds food because I eat it a lot outside of the stadium. Matter of fact, had it for lunch yesterday. Um, yeah, it's a big part of, like, you know, me. But, um, hmm. So they do this kind of cool thing there called the Fry Box, where it's like, they, like, Obviously, they take a bunch of French fries and then they'll like uh, dress it like buffalo wings. So it'll be like buffalo sauce, blue cheese, celery, ranch, and just like kind of mix it up in fries and it's really good. Um, so 
you know, it's a good cheat day meal when I go to the stadium. Um, and then uh, La Rosa's Pizza is obviously a big one here. It's kind of like Cincinnati's brand, pizza brand. Um, it's like a love-hate thing, but I love it. So those are probably my two, just because, like, the way that they make Skyline at the stadium is way different than if you go to the restaurant and have it. Um, so at the restaurant, it's special. At the stadium, yes. it's not the best. Plus, it's overly priced there. Oh, my God, yeah. Was it six bucks for a dog at the stadium? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you a good one. Right, exactly. I'll tell you a good one. That, um, so my wife will go to games with me occasionally, and she's vegetarian. Um, so they actually make like a vegetarian hot dog called the Dragon Dog. And it's like a got like a have you ever seen the veggie link like kind of the veggie hot dog? Yeah. It's actually pretty decent, but they dress it with like uh buffalo sauce, cheese, jalapenos, um, and like a buffalo hummus. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, oh, I man. Need, you know, I, I've been to like I've been to a lot of stadiums and I don't think I've ever actually gotten like the signature hot uh like food there and I, I and it's never been like a bucket list item but then josh mentions the skyline hot dog and i'm like you know i kind of feel deprived like it's kind of like i've uh been to new york and never gone to the statue of liberty or anything like i feel like depra- uh, deprived of something now so now i need to go back to all the stadiums i've ever been to and try their uh signature food uh, and I guess I need to go to Great American Ballpark and try the Skyline hot dog, or just go to the store and get it and make it myself. From what yeah, it Wrigley like. Field. I'm, you know, I'll send you guys a care package if you shoot me your address. I'll send you guys some chili down. Yes. Oh gosh, yeah. I, I don't, don't know what you just signed up for there, Tim. I Have you so seen the I, uh, <laughs> my whole it's, it's well, I do it a lot. Um, you know, I work here, but my whole team for my day job actually works in Minnesota. Oh, and yeah. so they've always heard about Skyline, but they didn't know what it was. So I've had a few of them be like, hey, I'll Venmo you some cash. Will you send me a couple cans of chili? I'm like, sure. Yeah, happy to do it. And like, they'll be like, okay, this is really good. So yeah, it's pretty common. Um, You're talking about stadium food. Yeah. At Wrigley, the Frito Pie Dog is like my favorite. It's kind of like pretty similar where it's kind of like a chili dog, but they have like Frito crumbles in it. I Just that. Yeah. I love very few things in this life i'm a very unhappy person like i'm never happy with the cardinals he's a miserable person. but i love frito pie with a passion so i'm gonna have to actually go to chicago now to have a frito pie dog logan i don't want to interrupt but we have an actual question for tim i'm gonna put it up on the screen so everybody can see it. it's from mr Juan. my guy he's in the show every week what's up mr Juan? All right. Well, so the PR department of the res of the res department asked you how to fix their image without changing the mm. 2024 rebuild plan without adding money to the payroll. What would you tell them to do? New unis. It's time. Yeah. Hey man. New unis. Like, you hit first. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like uh, Clay, who's in the chat, brought this point up a couple years ago, a couple weeks ago, hanging out with us. And it made me laugh about like teams always get new uniforms, like when they're about to like go on the up and up. So the Bengals, obviously, last year got all new uniforms. They go to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, a couple years after the Warriors draft Steph Curry, they get new jerseys. They start a dynasty. Um, 
you know, so like the Rams went to like, to like they got new uniforms. They won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Don't ask me about that, please. I don't want to ever talk about that Super Bowl ever. Um, but still pretty painful. But yeah, new unis, I think it's kind of like, I've, I feel like our uniforms are just a little too bland and a little too plain. Um, yeah. I, I thought you were going to say moving the team. No, 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 no. I, I can't have life without Reds baseball, man. I don't care how good or bad it is. Oh, Tim, you got hit again, man. Yeah. From Dylan oh, Dylan. Yeah. So uh, Dylan says not the Sky Rosa. So it's the Skyline Chili. Okay. You take a slice of La Rosa's pizza and you wrap it up and you eat it like a folded piece of pizza with a cheese cone inside it. What? Jeez. How yeah. I would how try are it. all I would you try Reds it. fans alive with this? Like, this sounds like a heart attack waiting to happen. I've told you guys. When I'm going to the ballpark. It's cheat day. Cheat day, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean I, you don't. Yeah, I was gonna say you don't get to see the like from the nipples down, but I mean, my boobs are sagging, and every day is a cheat day for me. So I, I, I'm ready to go see some Reds baseball. Uh, how about you, Josh? Dude, you I've already time? told you I love Great American Ballpark. There's not a bad scene in the house. Cincinnati fans have always treated me well when I'm there in a Cardinals jersey, and I always sit lower level. The food is good and i always go to an actual skyline when i'm in town and no i'm not the gold star guy i am a skyline guy my man um, it's the one thing missouri is missing that i could get in indianapolis when i lived there um and i had two of them one was in castleton one was in greenwood when i lived in noblesville i went to the green the castle location when i moved to the airport i went to the greenwood location and i tell you this and no joke i would walk in my server was always the same. She didn't have to ask me what I wanted. She knew it was three cheese conies and a Cholito and a sweet tea every time. <laughs> yep. That was like that for my local one as well, where I would sit down and be like, three no onion with the Mountain Dew. Bingo. Yep. Yeah. Oh, the, man. The Skyline franchise is fantastic. They really are. The people they hire are correct for the brand and for what they are. Um, it's the one thing that I truly love out of Cincinnati. We get a lot of shit for it from like outside of out of towners. Like uh, anytime like the Mets are in town, they talk shit about it. And it's like, I'm sorry that your food's interesting because your pizza's bigger than everyone else's. <laughs> well, people, here's what people don't understand, Logan. And here's like you're from Texas, you have chili. Skyline chili is more of a coney sauce, and it's a completely different flavor profile than what you're used to. So when you have it, don't go and think beans and meat, chunky, hearty chili. That's not what it is. I was That's told, what makes it so great. I was told yesterday that beans by Texans that beans is do not, not go chili. in chili. Right. And I'm like, uh, excuse me? Traditional Texas chili does not have beans. How else I, am I supposed to gas up the fire? I'm a Texas barbecue guy though. Anytime like we have a we have a restaurant up here from a guy from Houston that he opened up and he makes Texas style barbecue. And it's the best. Yeah. Is it it's, Kansas City or St. Louis? I haven't, oh, and I haven't had it around, but like what I've gotten my hands on, I will say. There is nothing so. that beats uh, Texas ribs or pork ribs or Texas um, brisket. Okay, I'll give you the other brisket. brisket. Is, I'll give brisket you the other brisket. But you, you know, you know, St. Louis and Kansas City can hold their own when it they comes have, to barbecue. That's what I've heard. It's a different I, kind of barbecue, but it's yeah. they, it's in a world their own. A barbecue uh, but pork I've heard Kansas English? City can't hold their own against Cincinnati. Uh, I don't know. I only had two examples of it recently. I can't think of what happened there. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, 
We don't I'm like Cincinnati KC. or uh, so, not Cincinnati, Kansas City. So you know we're fine. We're fine. Try with the food. Uh, but yeah, that was a lot of food talk right there. Hang on, I'm getting hungry. Uh, well, you always eat after the show anyway. So here's I what you guys got to learn: if you have me on your podcast, you might ask me for a topic, but we will go everywhere. Yeah, yeah. That's fine with me. Yeah, right. What's your um, drink of choice? Not bourbon. Not alcoholic. Oh, okay. No. Well, hold on. What kind of bourbon? Because you're in Kentucky, so is it Buffalo Trace? Buffalo Trace is great. Um, it's a little pricey for me, yeah. um, but it's really good. So if I'm just like set at the house, um, I'll do like a a little Woodford Reserve, kind of just like a little bit of that. Woodford, yeah. Um, but yeah, my you know I'm not a big Jim Beam guy. Uh, it's yeah. not my favorite, but nope. like. Uh, it's hard for me to turn down. Like, so Boone County bourbon is like literally five minutes from my house. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's pretty decent, but if I just am like sitting around the house and I've got a bottle around, it'll normally be Woodford. Yeah. Have you ever tried Michter's? I haven't tried Michter's, um, though really I've heard bourbon. of it. Yeah. So made I, by the people who made, uh, Blanton's and it's, I, I think it's better. So, yeah, I do like Blanton's. I like four roses a little bit. I know four roses kind of like your $2 wine version of bourbon, but I like it. It's, it's good. I like yeah. it too. It's nothing. It's, it's a lot better than for the price. Um, but yeah, I think it's really good. Um, so yeah, non-alcoholic, uh, drink. So I recently cut weight a lot and I got really into the fitness. Um, so I, have uh, switched to zero sugar sodas. Ooh. Um, and, Cherry flavored soda is like my favorite. So cherry Coke Zero is like my, my if if I have soda in the fridge, that's what it is. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm a sweet tea uh, guy. So, sure. yeah, I saw. Um, so Dylan said again that Ellie De La Cruz hit an inside the park home run, and I, I heard about this, but I didn't get into any of the details. Uh, Tim, are you able to? Yeah, it was cool. So he hits a triple. There, he's in Chattanooga now, in Double A Chattanooga with the lookouts. Um, so he hits a triple, and Dylan could probably explain this. I'm not really good at explaining play by play. It's why I podcast and don't do commentary. Um, but so he hits a triple, and he kind of like when they throw the ball in to kind of like you know kind of stop the play, he like sees it, and like the cut the shortstop kind of catches in the middle of the outfield, and he's kind of jogging back, and he kind of notices it, and he takes off for the plate. And oh, so, like, the shortstop didn't call time, right? There, right. right. Yeah. So, shortstop didn't call the play. So, when the shortstop throws it to the catcher, the ball bounces after Ellie slides into home plate. So, hmm. it oh, was pretty wow. cool, man. Yeah. Is He's he special. Is, is he fast? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, is, you know, is he faster we, than Billy Hamilton, though? Who's nobody can hit. Red... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Nobody can hit. I mean, I oh remember gosh. Hamilton. He was a terrorist when he played, dude. He was just. Oh, I hate well, his first year with the. It seemed like he terrorized the Cardinals, especially. But I mean, he. He was kind really of a Cardinals fat. killer. That yeah. was like the only team. Yeah. And then I saw that he would like suck against everybody else, and yep. I was like, "Son of a." Anyways, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Uh, Billy Hamilton. I remember they. They used to like they were hyping him up. They were like, "Oh my gosh, this guy's unbelievably fast!" And I thought, "Oh man!" So they well, had the hit, hardest like throwing the minors. Yeah, he had like they had the the Reds had the 
hardest thrown pitcher in the majors, and they also had the fastest kid too. And you know Joey Votto, but um, that anyway. guy, that guy. Uh, so, uh, who's your favorites for the uh, World Series this year? Oh man, um, so funny enough, um, I think it's a Subway Series. If I had to make a guess, you know, it's baseball such a crapshoot yeah. as we know. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not blown away by the Cardinals, to be honest with you, but would I be shocked if they made the World Series? No. Paul Goldschmidt gets hot for two weeks. He can carry him. I mean, he's probably going to win National League MVP right now. You I know? hope so. I hope he's that been tremendous. Um, so, yeah, I could definitely see a situation where, like, you know, the Mets and the Yankees go in. So, I just – we had a stretch there for – those weeks because when Luis Castillo is kind of being talked about being traded a bunch of places, we would bring people on who covered those teams. And uh, John Chancredi is a good buddy of mine. He runs the card foundation podcast. If you're into wrestling, trading cards, pro wrestling, trading cards, it's a really cool podcast. Uh, he's a big Mets fan. So he came on, he was like talking about how it'd be awesome to have Luis Castillo. And that's in the Mets rotation. And then the next week they played the Yankees. We had Stacey Gatsoulias who covers lot, who does locked on Yankees. And she talked about how much she wanted Luis Castillo. So, and it was so funny hearing them both like, I don't want another Subway series because if we lose, I'll never hear the end of it. And I'm like, yeah, but if you win, you get to say it for the rest of your life. It's like North Carolina fans, like they yeah. ended Coach K, like they ended his career and they won yeah. his last, they won his last home game. Like they have that credibility over everyone forever. So, um, Let's talk about the Brewers for a second because, I mean, they seem to have given up. They had the biggest head-scratching trade deadline, I think. Um, will you stop playing this game? Uh, Josh is uh, trying to figure it out in the chat. Dude, uh, no way. What's the answer, Dylan? Just give me the answer. I can't. I got more coming in, dude. Uh <laughs> Anyways, uh, so what is your uh, what is your assessment of the Brewers so far? I mean, just I feel like they can win any game because of their rotation, um, but they don't have a ton of bats that frighten me. And yeah. you know, I don't know what happened to Christian Yelich after he won MVP. Uh, he's kind of just become like an average ball player, and uh, maybe that's insulting. Maybe he's probably better than that, but I don't feel like he's shown that. Um, I forgot about it, the 155 stolen base season from Billy Hamilton, the Jesus minors. That was, crazy. yeah, yeah, that was crazy. And it was between two different levels, if I remember correctly. Like it was double A and triple A. He did that. It wasn't like all in one level. Hmm. I could still, be wrong there. Dylan would know better than I would. Um, but insane. yeah, I mean, you know, anytime you have Corbin Burns, you have a chance to win every fifth day. Uh, Devin Williams, I thought would be an excellent closer. And but hearing him be kind of upset about the moves as well was kind of surprising. Um, kind of upset. Yeah, kind of upset. he was. He wouldn't even speak his mind because he knew if he did, he was gonna get burned. Yeah, he was pretty adamant on being upset. So, you know, I feel like, uh, I feel like, you know, this is St. Louis's division to lose, and, right. you know, Milwaukee just kind of, I feel like they just kind of like they're gonna probably get hot again at some point, but. Some reason or they can't beat the Reds at, at home. They can't beat the Reds when the Reds are in Milwaukee. I don't know what it is. We just go there and we take series from them. Yeah. Knowing the Cardinals, they're gonna wait till the last day to actually win the division. So there's no there's gonna be no rest. 
Same the time. way Goldie and Arenado are playing, I just can't see it. I just think they're going to run away with it at some point. I hope so. I really hope yeah. so. Um, uh, Mr. Juan said, uh, how did the Yankees steal Frankie, Frankie Montas? I'm still mad about the trade because I think it uh, depreciated Mally's trade value. Um, I don't think so. I don't know about depreciating the, his trade value, but I think it definitely did overshadow because that was a really good pickup by the Twins. Um, and a good, good return. Yeah, yeah, and a good return for the Reds. Um, but yeah, that I mean, I think Frankie Montas was, I mean, it was either the Cardinals or the uh Yankees, uh, he was going to go to, and it seemed like the ca- Cardinals kind of soured on him, uh, after that shoulder injury. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ty, uh, Maley, Maley was a big, good pickup, and uh, I think he was definitely an underrated uh, trade piece at the deadline for sure. Yeah, I think he'll do well there. Is it Maley, Molly? How do you say Malay? Malay. Malay. Yeah. Malay. Yeah. He. Uh, he'll be good there because it's you know he's 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 shown that it's he's struggled with Great American, so he's going to a big ballpark, and so hopefully that that should help him out a little more. I didn't see what he did in this Friday start. I hope he did well. I always liked him while I was here. Yeah. Josh, do you have a question? I'm I'm going to look that up real quick. Um, I don't have a baseball question. I have other questions. That's fine. Go for it. All right, awesome. So, um, does this... your network like give you guys a time? Do we have to cap this at some point? No, no, we can. We don't we listen to our bosses. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. yeah, he gives us free reign. So, um, if you could have any two players. From the in the MLB next year, added to the Reds, who you think would make the if you took any two players from the MLB and added them to the Reds next year, do you think they could win the division? And if so, who would they be? Whoo, any of them? Salary cap withstanding? Is that to be realistic? Nothing. I'm talking anybody you want. Money is oh, no okay. object. All right. Well, I guess Vlad Jr. would be pretty awesome in Cincinnati, right? Yeah. Um, that'd be pretty cool. And then, um, so who's your first baseman taken care of? Yeah, that's that, that takes care of the future of Joey Votto. And just because I love him, he's the spark plug. Give me J Rod. I think J Rod's yeah. gonna end up being yeah. a multiple time American League MVP. Yep. I think he's tremendous. I was gonna, I was thinking you guys were you were gonna say Aaron Judge, but yeah, J Rod is another good one too. So, yeah, uh, I'm not very good at on the spot. So, I, no, if I had more time to think, I definitely probably would have said Judge, but J Rod is. So fun. Yeah. Hey, I think you're doing a good job on the spot, Tim. Yeah. You're providing um, good material. Tyler Maley, uh on August 5th uh, pitched six innings, allowed five hits, four earned runs. So Sounds, sounds not, normal. Yeah, not horrible. That's better than Montas, dude. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. rough, wasn't it? Well, I think – and I, I'm going to go deep into this one. Uh, on Wednesday, but Montas, uh, I mean, he was coming. I think he had 11 days of rest. Well, he came off bereavement. Yeah, and then he was coming off bereavement. And so I think I, I think Yankee fans need to just calm down about this whole thing. Um, that that whole yeah, Montas, yeah, he muffed up against the Cardinals, who typically he probably would have no hit him, hit them if he was. Don't even start with. With as good as Arenado and Goldie are hitting right now, you think you would annoy the Cardinals? Okay, I was saying like on it, like typically with how the uh, the team typically is. Hold on, 
We're, this is not part of Chronicles. I understand that, but still, Goldschmidt's still arguably the best offensive player at the plate right now in the NL. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a I'm, manner. I'm more upset. You guys have Tyler O'Neill. I first, I love Tyler O'Neill. I wish he was a Red. He's tremendous. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. trade Tyler O'Neill for Luis Castillo. I probably would have done that. I would have been very open to that. They gave up three uh, top five prospects for uh, uh, Luis. Castillo. Novi Marte, Castillo. man, he's a bad dude. Is he? I'm pretty excited about that. I've heard I've heard really good things about Marte. I, I know I know everyone's excited about him. Um, you kind of mentioned Alan Craig twice, and so I want to I wanted to hear like, is there a, is there like a reason like is is there a reason why he sticks out? Just really, I remember him kicking our ass um, a lot, you know, for a couple of years there. And I remember, you know, that World Series when he just like, you know, played really well. And I remember like when he when Albert went to Los Angeles thinking like, well, what are they going to do at first base? And he kind of filled the role pretty well for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, you know, he had a weird drop off where he just like stopped being good, like really fast. Um, I think it was the I think it was his injury in the World Series, wasn't it in 2013? Because then 2014, you just was not good. I may have forgotten all of that, but yeah, it was a bad drop off. Because I mean, Alan Craig was going to be like the face of the franchise. I mean, it was him, uh, Matt Carpenter, David Freeze, and then all of a sudden, everybody got traded. Oh God, Freeze! <laughs> Holy shit, that was a guy who gave me a lot of nightmares. Oh, David Freeze. When he went to the Pirates, I very much enjoyed that he wasn't good anymore. Then he kind of picked it up. I was looking at his stats uh, today, and he kind of picked it up with the Dodgers. Uh, but anyway. He was Series MVP when you guys won, wasn't he? Uh, championship Series MVP and World Series MVP. So, yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. First he player to, to do that. For one major year. He picked up. Anyways, I'll I'll talk about that later on another episode. I mean, I'm not saying he wasn't good in other other years. I'm just saying like he will be a legend for those two series in that one season. He will yeah. forever be a St. Louis legend. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm oh, nothing yeah. Okay, him. I get what I you're saying. Him too. Yeah. Good um, man. Yeah, but um, yeah, I I think I mean we've been going an hour and a half, and all this talk about hot dogs is getting me hungry. So. Um, Josh, do you all have anything you want to say uh, or ask before we have Tim plug? Tim, could we have you back on at a later date, maybe a couple of times, and you come on for an off-season discussion? Yeah, yeah. Man, I'm always down to pod. Um, all right. So I spent a lot of money on expensive equipment a few years back, so anytime I can use it, uh, it looks good with my wife. So, yes, yeah. please invite me anytime. Yeah. No, man, you've been fantastic. I've had a lot of fun talking to you. More fun than I think I anticipated because I figured this would be more of a battle talking to Cincinnati guys, and you've been fantastic. There's a reason yeah, why I was know. in the middle, right? I just don't, you know, yeah. obviously I would rather see the Reds be winning and the Cardinals be losing, but I don't let it ruin my day. Yeah. You know, I'm more upset that the Rams won the Super Bowl than I am anything that the Cardinals do. So. I think all same. three of us are in the same boat right there. Um, but yeah, Tim, it was really nice to have you on. You want to plug uh, your channel real quick before we uh, kick it? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I know a couple of our regulars are in the chat. Um, Dylan, Mr. Juan, thank you guys for hanging out. But yeah, check out Late Night Reds Talk Live every Wednesday. 
Um, if the Reds are off or have a day game, we're at 9 o'clock. Uh, or otherwise, we go as soon as the third out uh, in the ninth inning goes, and we'll be live then. So um, myself, Nick Kirby, Carlos Guevara, part of the Belief Podcast Network, and you know we love hanging out and having a live chat with everybody. And also, we've got merch, latenightreds.merchmake.com if you want to support the brand. It goes a long way for us. So, And then also on Twitter, Late Reds, at Late Reds. We have TikTok. We're not very active with it. I'm really bad with that. That's on me um because i'm the one that normally uses it but um this is it's it's something i definitely gotta get better with because that's where the world's moving to yeah yeah we don't get on there yet i can't make that leap i i i had to start looking into twitch because of uh future future endeavors we may want to do but um yeah i bought a bunch of like the video game streaming stuff to do on twitch and like i don't know how to set it up i'm the worst with technology so it's apparently, yeah, I had to go on YouTube for that stuff. But uh, anyways, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not like I can do video editing, but there's some other stuff that I just can't, I can't get into. Uh, Josh, do you have any words of wisdom you want to say before we kick it? It's a Monday. I'm sure it wasn't the greatest Monday for anybody. Go out have a great week. Be positive. Watch some baseball. Enjoy the game for what the game is meant to be and not for what it's not. And have a fantastic week. Join us on uh, Wednesday at 8.30 for Cardinals Chronicles. We'll be on around roughly 10 o'clock Friday night with another special guest or a couple special guests. And we'll be on around 10 o'clock. Um, that's all I got for you. I hope you everybody has a great week. If you can't join us the rest of the week, catch us at our normally scheduled times. You know, Tim, it's been a really good day. So you know what, you know what kind of day it is? I haven't done this in a while. Time to celebrate with the gummies. Um, sorry, Tim. It's a tradition. Where is this going? Should I should I be alarmed or something? Turn the music no, on, right? The after uh, the after show music. But anyways, um, yeah. Sorry. Thanks, Dylan, for coming on. It was really it was really cool to talk about the Reds. Uh, Josh and I, when we started this show, we um, we started talking about like how we wanted other guys who from different fan bases on to talk about their teams and give us insight. Cause you know, as Cardinal fans, we're kind of spoiled is kind of one of the words that people like to use. Um, I don't know if we're spoiled, but anyways, but uh, yeah, so it's definitely really cool to talk to you. Um, we definitely want to have you on the show again. We'll definitely have you on for a news episodes or a topic episode, which we typically do, but uh, yeah, this episode we wanted to, you know, just kind of get understand the Reds for a little bit. So, uh, thank you for joining us again. And Josh, Tim, uh, live long and watch some damn baseball. Josh, hit that sick beat. <laughs>